Yo, what's up, guys? Are you ready for the sickest fucking Wednesday night you've ever had? You're fucking right you are. It's cold as shit. Liam Nielsen's running through the fucking city. We got Hill Farms and Edward. It's the best beer ever. Yo, Ricky, what's your favorite beer? I don't know. Probably the Oxbow Saison-Andre 3000 because it's honestly the greatest name I've ever heard in my life. And the Oxbow Bowie because if you don't like David Bowie, get the fuck out of the dive bar. You know what? Are you sick of drinking your little cousin's shipyard pumpkin ale? Duh, it's not even that good. You know what we don't do here? Put rims on shit. Why? Because we're fucking adults. We got dark beer. We got sour beer. We got ciders. You want it? We got it. Fuck you. Seltzer time. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here is always my conversation to Confluence. Man with the hunch about what's there? Travis. What is cracking, Fizzle Fiends? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. We are so glad you're back with us. Uh, I almost got through it. Yeah, he did. He almost got through the intro without giggling. It's a thing. Uh, you will absolutely hear the uh, raspiness in both Ricky's and my voice because uh, last night was a late one. Yeah, a lot of yelling. A lot of yelling. A lot of yelling. Uh, but it was a party. But it was a good week, right? It was a great week. So but this week on the show, we have Mike Shue, afternoon host from WAAF, uh, avid Rush fan and Star Trek aficionado. Um, <laughs> this is all the things I, I definitely knew from my time listening to you. Uh, but before we get there, we absolutely have to get here. Hey, Ricky, how was the last week at the dive bar? Uh <clears throat> last week of the dive bar was epic as fuck <laughs> yeah um i made my goal of being there every single day you were every was, single day yeah yeah monday i went uh i forget what i did oh i worked worked an event for greater good and then went to the dive had a couple beers and stuff tuesday we did trivia then i went to the dive <laughs> wednesday i worked thursday I worked and then friday we opened at noon so i started my day at new tradition and went straight to the dive so it's great then it's, yesterday, obviously, I was there all day long. All day long. Yeah. Drank a lot of beers, poured a lot of beers, did a lot of shots. I'm going to forever remember that night as everybody waiting for Porter to say, he like, everybody's looking for Porter to make a speech. They're shouting. Everybody's screaming. And then they all quiet down. And Porter gets everybody's attention. And in the most quiet voice, Y'all gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. That was, oh man, that's the, what I'm gonna remember. The tiny dancer sing along. That was good. Have it so like <clears throat> we normally after like one o'clock we would turn dive nights into like a ridiculous dance party or like a sing along of some sorts. We had like these ten songs we always would play, and like some nights it didn't happen because it just wasn't the right vibe, like it wasn't the right people. But when it did, it was fucking incredible. Because the dive's not a dance bar at all. But, like, when you get a bunch of people who, like, they're, like, drinking Hill Farmstead and, like, dancing around. Like, it was just it was wild. Well, technically, if I can chime in here, Please, every bar is a dance bar at <clears throat> yeah, some point. This exactly. is true. Right. Yeah, That's a very good point. It was, but, uh, it, the magical moments are, like, in the middle of the summer when all, you guys are all screaming, all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the things that make no sense are my favorite things. <laughs> but um, somehow Tiny Dancer has become, like, this... An, like anthem of the dive bar like that and like paradise by the dashboard light <laughs> like every fucking night we got play and I mean along with like you know Brian the Jewels and different shit like that yeah, yeah. but Tiny Dancer every single person knows 
every single word to it. So last night we're playing like all these hits, like people are going crazy, going crazy, going crazy. And then all of a sudden you just, you hear that piano riff and everybody's like, ah! but it wasn't just like our regulars. It was the entire city of Worcester that was jammed into that little bar. So we're behind the bar looking and there are people on top of people on top of people. Like it was, fu- it was like Red Rocks. I've never even been to Red Rocks, but like the pictures from stage where it just looks like the like humans are on top of everybody. That's what it looked like from behind the bar. The only people that had space were us, and we yeah, only oh, have like yeah. we only have like that much space back then. But um, it was nuts to butts. It, it was, was just tight. like people had lighters out. I was like, this we're gonna burn the fucking bar down like last night. Every single person was scream singing every single word. It was epic as fuck. Yeah, yeah. It was that was probably my favorite moment. It was unreal. I gave Molly O'Connor a big a big hug as she was walking out and she was teary-eyed. I felt so Oh, dude, her. the amount of people crying last night was fucked. People cried every single th- every night I worked, somebody left or like came up to me literally with either tears in their eyes or like full on crying. But people don't even know. Right. I was like, Are you okay? Like because the one guy comes walking up, literally bawling. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought you were supposed to be like, dude, like somebody's dead over there. I had no clue what was going to happen. He's like, I just want to thank you for everything. I'm like, yeah, no, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I just love this bar. Like, I love you. I'm like, you love me? I don't even know you. I've never seen this person. It wasn't like a regular or anything. Some weird, like random dude. Last night, every single regular was crying. It was kind of fucked up. But in a good way. Yeah. So It was magical. It was. Well, my week contrasted hard from yours. I uh, I <laughs> you did didn't, some. Ad- you didn't drink a bunch of beers. No, I did a lot of adulting. I mean, I smoked a lot of cannabis, but uh, I did a lot of adulting. Uh, we fixed the railing on the deck. Uh, I got our heater serviced. Yeah, fucking living that high life. <laughs> I cleaned we, out the gutters. We yeah, had such yeah. opposite weeks. <laughs> Man. Uh, also, Sarah's auntie Kim's in town from California, so we've been hanging with her, Hi. taking her around. She makes like a yearly. Uh, trip back to the east coast she's nice. from here and oh that's cool cool um also i went and saw the daniel danger exhibit at sprinkler factory yesterday which is yeah. fucking incredible a lot of people said that was great oh my god that dude's art is so intricate and they're all screen prints but they're like these super fine lines and it's usually like hard dark colors set across like really vibrant tones like bold reds and greens and blues it was gorgeous that's awesome and like it was kind of funny because he was our people of power thought that People weren't going to show up, so they were kind of like pressing the come on, everybody got to show up. Yeah, it was almost like the dive bar. I'm not going to compare the two, but it was tight, it was tight in there yesterday, so it was did, awesome. Do you play a tiny dancer? <sighs> you know what? I missed it. Um, I didn't hear it, but it's always a possibility. It's fucked up. You got to play tiny dancer. <laughs> awesome. And then, lastly, we want to shout out big shout out to Justin Bennis and John Eric Laverne for coming on last week for AMP. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was pretty cool. It was. Have you heard about Amp Mike? No. It's the Art and Music Police Partnership. A couple of guys with the Worcester PD have gotten together with some after-school programs. Oh, they have a gig coming up at the yeah, Palladium. Yeah, what was it's uh is it next weekend? I think it's the eleventh. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I have the thing. One of the guys got in contact with me, so we're gonna try to you know get people in there. They're, yeah, it's cool. It's super cool. They're yeah. they're basically just putting instruments in the hands of kids, at-risk youth, and teaching them how to rock. Good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was super fun. So shout yeah, out to those guys, Kelsey. So we had a, uh, a friend of ours who's a Worcester dispatcher, like a nine one dispatcher. So we had her on the podcast like months ago, and she texted me as soon as we dropped that episode. She's like, "Oh, does Justin know that him and I are podcast Eskimo brothers?" And I was like, "Holy shit, podcast not. Eskimo brothers!" <laughs> that was like the funniest thing I've ever I seen. Love it. That's, <laughs> That's a great. thing now. Huh? 
I mean, now it is. The polar bears hang out with Eskimos. What? <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> We're speaking in code It sounds now. like bestiality at this point <laughs> above the Arctic I mean, Circle. don't you judge. <laughs> I love polar bears. Fluffy white. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Coca-Cola. Like, <laughs> Jesus Oh, Christ. yeah. <laughs> Gotta add those. So, this week, as you've heard, we have the local legend, Mike Shue. Uh, <laughs> dude, I mean... Legend. I, I would say so. I've I've only lived here about 10 years, but I've been an AAF listener through the entire time. And for a while, it was my morning commute, my afternoon commute. And I would just kind of schedule my time so I would get out early. And I would drive home to, like, that 11 to 2, 11 to 3 was mm-hmm. your spot. Yeah, that would always be when I would drive home. So, we'd, there you go. I would like your rush stories. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I've met, I've now been friends with like touring musicians, nationally touring musicians. And like, I've met actors and I've met all these people. I get a weird kind of like nervous when I talk to you. Mm, even when I came That's up making to you, me comfortable. I know, right? <laughs> that's what sitting here. Yeah. He's been like, am I cool? <laughs> no, man. Because like, I don't know. It's just like, it's weird hearing somebody's voice and then actually going up and meeting them. Right. It's and then like, you realize, oh, that's why he's not in television. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. I wouldn't say it to your face. Face for radio. Face for radio. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's cool, man. So thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for those kind words. Yeah, that's, no words. that's awesome. Thanks I mean, for all the kind words you said about Worcester. Well, I've been living here for 20 years, and I've really fallen in love with this city. And um, it's made incredible strides um, in a positive way. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, over the 20 years since I've moved here. And, um, you know, before I lived here, I grew up in Natick. Okay. And so the only thing I knew about Worcester was the Centrum. That's because sure. I'd drive into one place in Worcester <laughs> and I'd leave. And we wouldn't stop anywhere else because we believed all the rest of Worcester was just a big heroin den. Yeah, it was. Well, a lot of it was, yeah. But, you were going to uh, lose your car. Right, yeah. We are going to get stabbed at some point. So we never, you know, left the parking area across from the, the what is now the DCU Center. But... Um, since moving here, you know, this is a great city. It's got a lot to offer. Um, and it's great seeing it, um, progress, you know, with all the, the especially the cultural stuff going on, like yeah. powwow, yeah. you know, that's fantastic. And to see start on the street, get huge and, and, um, you know, it's just, it's going in the right direction. And I, I like that. And it's, I like the fact, cause when I first told people I moved here, it was always, Eesh. you know, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? Because I, I never, like I said, I never knew anything about Worcester. Once yeah. I started driving around and looking for a place, I'm like, wow, Worcester can get pretty nice. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. And then in five minutes, I could, you know, buy crack and get a hooker. You know, <laughs> but see, it's the convenience, right? Yeah, yeah. So. 24 hours a day. But it's nice seeing the city go in a great direction and and uh, progress and approves all those people that said, Eesh, you know, yeah. wrong. Like, Worcester's got a lot to offer and yeah. a lot of those people now come here, especially right. for like the restaurants, you know, all that stuff, which is good. Yeah. I've heard it described as the hip on hip city before we moved here. And like, I didn't get it then, but I totally get it now. And like, yeah, people's rhetoric has changed, but still for there's still what Worc- Worcester's facing a lot of that reputation issue. Yeah. That people oh yeah. We're just a crackdown. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't go away overnight. Like I, I was born in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh still has that reputation. I was going to ask you about the Pirates hat. Well, yeah. So all my family lives. I always maintain a a connection. That's my National League team. They suck, just like the Red Sox did. (laughs) Um, True. But, yeah, it's it's, Pittsburgh had that reputation forever. After all the steel mill and the chemical plants closed down, it was just a big, giant. It was just another Cleveland at that point. (laughs) Cleveland, there's another city that's been struggling for a while. You know, there's some really great parts of Cleveland. And Pittsburgh's come around, like Worcester. You know, they've... they've, uh, 
taken advantage of you know the real estate they have and they've done a lot of great things but you'll always think pittsburgh is yeah you know it's just polluted and and uh, garbage and trash everywhere and you know, except for the 70s Steelers, you know, that's about it. Sidney you know. Crosby. I've yeah. never been there. That's, right. that's right, man. That's all you guys got. Pittsburgh's a fun city. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a fun time and it's really reasonable. Like Worcester, it's fun and it's reasonable. Cool. You know, so you're not um, you're not dealing with a lot of attitude. That's kind of the beginning of the Midwest yeah. right there. So you're dealing with that kind of nice oh, guy, that, like, Midwest attitude. Right. Unless you say you're from up here. And oh. they're like, oh, how the Cheatriots doing? The you know, and it's like, okay, buddy, let's chill out. Reel it in. Reel it yeah. in. <laughs> but yeah, if you get a chance, Pittsburgh's, a, yeah. Pittsburgh's I spent an awesome one place. one night in Pittsburgh. It was cool. Was it Purgatory? It was like a, I don't know. We, that's a great name. What the heck's the name of the... <laughs> it was a great... That's why I went there, because I was fucking starving. And I was like, this looks cool. And it was amazing. Um, It was over near, like, it was like American Eagle... It's like near where the Steelers play. There's like a music venue there, like American Eagle. Oh yeah, yeah, that whole sports complex area. Is, yeah, yeah, they've got a venue in there that the venue itself can change into like four different venues. It was very strange. That's was, cool. Yeah, it was like a House of Blues style, mm. and then in the summer the back wall goes up, and the stage you just play from the other side, and there's a huge field behind it, which I thought was pretty cool. And then inside there's like three different spots where if you're doing like a like in like a little cafe style thing you can kind of like drop a little curtain have a little section over there it was pretty sweet but Burgatory was around the corner it's awesome was it like spooky burgers I gotta know like Burgatory like you're trapped there for eternity (laughs) eating burgers because that doesn't sound like Burgatory to me that kind of sounds like heaven that is a little bit of heaven right there yeah Yeah. seriously no it was like a like science-y themed burger place I don't know Mm, interesting walked in got burger Pittsburgh yeah, yeah. who knew? <laughs> so, as we alluded to, Mike's been on the radio here in Massachusetts for a while. How long have you been doing radio? Um, since, uh, let's see, it would be 30 years. 30 years? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I started when I was in uh, college. Okay. Did you go to school for radio? or I did. Okay. Well, I went for communications, sure. which was Same part. Thing. But they had a radio. St- I went to North Adams State College, which is now the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts at North Adams. <laughs> I don't know why they had what to change name. the name. The artist yeah. formerly known as Prince. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's just a symbol now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I spent most of my time at the radio station there. They had a, a great little station. It was uh, about 500 watts, you know, but we were in the Berkshire Mountains, so couldn't really go anywhere. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so from there, and then I started working uh, on in commercial radio in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, which is the... 250 something market in the United States. So, you know, but it was a great place to start. You know, I learned a lot. I worked weekends. I mostly ran what you do when you usually you start in programming in radio, you're teching. So you're just running things like games or syndicated shows. So I'd be running the Bruins games and then they also ran the Whalers games. Hell yeah. Yeah. So they were hard. The GM was a big Hartford Whalers fan. I love him already. Yeah. So we we sometimes would just be back to back hockey games and that would be my shift, which wasn't a bad thing. I was going to say, that sounds amazing. Wish I could have drank while I was, you know, while I was just sitting there making sure it sounded okay, you know. Um, But it was an adult contemporary station. So like when I was on the air, I was selling stuff like Michael Bolton and Patti LaBelle and, and yeah. Bonnie Raitt. All you know. the greats. Oh, it was like, yeah, this is, you know, before they were all labeled Yacht Rock. It was just regular <laughs> soft rock. And uh, 
So, that, you know, which was fun. And then I go back to North Adam State and I'd play like, you know, I'd play like Motorhead and stuff. And it was just kind of cleansing the palate pretty much. Dude, I love college radio for that fact. Like, our, we, we did college radio, and, or I did college radio, and our rule was you couldn't play anything on the major radio stations. That's cool. You had to dip in right. deep cuts. Like, huh. you could play Britney Spears, but you couldn't play Oops Baby, whatever. You had to dig into something. Uh, it's called Baby One More Time, and I played it last night. It was yes, a fucking did. banger. Truthfully, <laughs> that's why it was in my head. I just remembered watching. Anyway. Where'd you go to school? At Central Connecticut State. Okay. Some shitty little state. And at a radio station? Yeah. Good radio station? I don't know what the wattage was. I wasn't ever that cool. (laughs) No, (laughs) I just wanted to play tunes, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. So we would play metal and hardcore from like midnight to 2 a.m. Because nobody listened to that, so they let us have that slot on a Sunday night. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, man. All you're going to get there is like bartenders <laughs> seriously home. we would get one or two randos every once in a while but they would tell us to put on something nice oh they call in yeah that's pretty cool put on something put nice on something can nice. you put on something nice no <laughs> anyway um that's yeah. like when i'm at work and people are like uh hey can I, you play sweet home alabama and i was like okay no yeah. also you're oh cut off get the fuck out. yeah <laughs> uh you played i don't mean to keep bringing it back but you played uh tiffany last night oh we did we had to I think we're alone now. Yep. Oh, yeah. All the millennials and younger were just like, they were singing to everything and they stopped and looked around for a solid two and a half minutes. That was for the older people. I was hanging out with John's sister and she was freaking out. Really? Yeah. She's just like, go, Ricky. Did she see her at a mall at one point? I can only Most imagine. Likely. She did that whole mall tour yeah. back in the uh, like late 80s. It's a dying yeah. breed. We should bring that back. I mean, yeah. malls are empty now. Malls are now, right? Malls we should turn, turn them into venues. Yeah. That would be sick as fuck. And then every band can have their own like storefront. Yeah. Oh, see? See? That's the move. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. You know what would make a great venue here in Worcester? And I've been dreaming about it for like 10 years. The old price chopper. <laughs> On Mill Street. Ah. Okay. Good location. Lots of parking. Tons of parking. Yeah. And it's already set up. You got load-in bays. True. You've got a, a probably got a kitchen in there. Not now. I don't know what it would be like now, but yeah. you had a kitchen in there. So you could have like a you serve food, a little yeah. restaurant oh, yeah. or diner thing yeah. in there. And then it's big enough where you can have maybe two spaces. You know, like a lot of places have the the back room, yeah. and then there's the main room or whatever. Yeah, like huh. the Palladium upstairs yeah. and downstairs. Yeah. But it's it's just ready to go. You know, you that's just, super. Just call it the supermarket or whatever, and <laughs> keep the sliding doors. Although glass sliding doors might yeah. be end of the night might be a problem. I don't know. <laughs> People just walking right. I know. Yeah, they just yeah. Are throwing bottles at them or something. <laughs> Let me out. Yeah. And I was also thinking, well, Coast Pond is across from there. That may be a problem. Yeah, we'll walk right After that. some shows, people Dude, running I, naked. Dude, that would be super rare. I went to Jamaica a couple years back, and we were taking this tube ride down, and we passed this concert venue, and the guy giving us the ride said that during, like, Jimmy Cliff shows, people that were at the show would get hot, come down to the river, hang out in the river, and then go back into the show. Oh, that's nice. That's pretty awesome. That would be so cool to have that type of, like, yeah. actual festival experience. Right, use the beach at Coe's. Yeah, right. Have and a little beach party, and, and yeah. that'd be awesome. Sit on a gold mine, Mike. Well, well, I, I can't even imagine what's inside there right now. It's probably a whole. <laughs> all the people that we kicked off of Green Street. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they all now live over there. Yeah, that would be the challenge: is the finding the money to fix it up. You know, yeah. that's always been the challenge. Even like I went, and we walked and toured the Olympia Theater, which I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. And then, is this the one on Pleasant? No, which which one? It's uh, you know where Tammany Hall used to be. Yeah, it's like 
four doors down. Yeah, that used to be the like the adult cinema, yes, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I heard that no, they showed no, that dirty the movies. Paris. That was the Paris. Well, no, they had oh, two. They were both. Both. Yeah, when I first moved here, they oh. were both open. I called both because my wife and I wanted to see a movie. Yeah. And before you had, you know, any kind of app, you had to call. Yeah. So I just got the phone book out. Yes, I'm old. And went down the <laughs> list of theaters. We were new to Worcester. Had no idea. Like, Paris Cinema, this place looks cool. I'm like, what do you got playing tonight? And the lady's like, huh? I was like, movies, you're a movie theater, right? She's like, we're an adult cinema, sir. I was like, oh, what do you got playing? What do you got playing? Today, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right, what do you got going? But yeah, there were two. Worcester had two adult cinema That's slash awesome. sex yeah. toy shops. There you go. She got up, you got to Yeah. So that place is That's still in awesome. existence. All that shit's still there and it's still open. So it's still like a big theater? Yeah, it's open. And like there was a dude trying to raise money to rehab it. I don't know oh, where he is. So I keep bringing sweet. it up. Uh, but it would be incredible. That would be awesome. Like, even I, I like, like that road too. Like, I mean, I used to go to shows at Tammany every single week, especially when we first turned 21. It was the coolest room to see a show in, in sure. all of Worcester. It was fucking awesome. Sound was great. Bar was awesome. Everything about it was beautiful. And then they, like, out of nowhere, were like, yeah, we're done. It's like, what? Yeah. Where am I supposed to go? They just stopped. Yeah. Then I found Vincent's, and that's the only thing I care about. <laughs> it's the best. That's right. Uh, it's right next to Shawarma Palace. Oh my God. Dude, I heard the place was awesome. It's, it's amazing. It's really? good food. Yeah. All right. He just, somebody needs to describe what a palace actually is to him because it's, it's a kind a of a palace hole in the wall. is in your mind after the first bite. <laughs> That's You're fair. like, oh my God. That's I am, fair. this is, I am in the Taj Mahal of Shawarma. <laughs> I had a full I'm mixing cultures. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's all right. inappropriate. <laughs> I'm sure most of our listeners wouldn't have even picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick up. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so you've been doing radio for 30 years. Mm. You've been on. So how long have you been with AAF? I've been with 20 of those years with AAF. Damn. Oh, wow. um, started there part time. I was working in Richmond, Virginia. I was. Okay. I lived there for like eight years and um, worked in radio down there. And then got they bought some company, bought another company. We all got fired. It happened all the time yeah. in the 90s. And, sure. Um, so my wife and I moved back here. Uh, she's from Gardner, okay. so we oh, both cool. have family up here. And uh, yeah, so I, I got lucky. Um, they were looking for it was right around Thanksgiving, so they needed to cover shifts because a lot of people were going <laughs> on. Vacation. So I got a lot, you know, right right time. But I was working there half the week, and the first half of the week, I'd work at HJY in Providence. Okay. Oh, cool. And it was ninety four HJY. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Paul and Al, and yeah. well, back then it was a. Uh, Jeff Charles in the afternoon, okay. who's one of my idols, because the guy's just, he's just out of his mind. They just turn the <laughs> mic on. That's all they got to do, That's just awesome. turn the mic on. And he, <laughs> just you know, let him just, go. he would just like, in between songs, the song would end and you hear him, he'd go, Jesus Christ, I wish the aliens would just come down and eat all the stupid people already. And then just go into the next song. <laughs> you know, I'm like, who is this guy? He's a genius. I love him. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun place to work because they they were in East Providence and they had their one of those rare radio stations that has their tower right next to their building. Oh, you know, like the old school when yeah. you see like radio stations like in movies and stuff. Yeah. It's always like there's a tower on top of the building. <laughs> yeah, rarely the case anymore. But um, this was like tucked back in a neighborhood in East Providence, so you had to drive through like a residential neighborhood. And I remember first going there, I'm lost. There's no radio <laughs> station back here. But then there's like a little opening next to 95 and there was a Victorian house and then a three-story just basic square office building that's where all the studios were and stuff the Victorian house is where the DJs hung out it was like 
it was the closest thing I've ever come to to WKRP. Yeah. Okay. You know, it was just like they were a real tight knit group there. There was it was had a, it cool. had a college radio feel, just the way they interacted with each other and the attitudes they all had. And um, it was a fun place to work. A lot of nice people down there. There was a the program director was Joe Bevilacqua, and he was like the total straight guy nerd of the group. He had like cardigan sweaters, you know, and, and thick horn rim glasses and his hair was like a still kind of short 80 sorry joe if you hear this um, <laughs> also thanks for listening yeah yeah, yeah thanks yeah <laughs> tell everybody about this um but he was like a super nice guy and everybody made fun of him and he got it you know because everybody else was like cool rock dj <clears throat> person but um it was a, they just had this attitude it was like you don't really you don't hear it or experience it very much anymore in radio unfortunately yeah um but that was fun. But then the other half, I would come to AAF from like Wednesday through the weekend. And I'd do overnights. And then I'd do like Saturday night and Sunday afternoon. And just got lucky. And then they, um, Chris Engel quit the uh, Hillman Morning Show. And they said, we need someone to get in there and produce. And I went in there. And I didn't, producing a morning radio show is like just, it encompasses, it just takes up your whole life. Sure. You know, it's, it's um, you're just constantly on. And uh, I was like, well, I didn't really want to do this because I was doing that in Virginia. Uh, so I did it for two weeks. And then the the program director was like, so you want to do this? I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I, I just can't. And he's like, oh, he's totally, he was like, oh, this is a sure thing. Yeah. Um, he goes, how about you just do the news? I'm like, OK, that sounds good. I'll just do the news. So I started doing that in the okay. morning show. And I was with them for five years. And then um, the general manager at that time wanted to get rid of me they were trimming the fat it was one of those you know you gotta cut down on the budget and sure so she didn't understand what my role was on the morning show and well, rightly so i guess i, I didn't either. um so the, the produce doesn't read itself i know i know right huh um so sure. the program director uh told her i am not firing a guy who's expecting a baby in three months so we need a night guy. Let's put him on at night. That guy's name is Keith Hastings, by the way. Just for the record, Keith Hastings, good guy. Oh, yeah. He was our program director at the time. The station may have had its worst ratings ever while he was there, but he was a good dude. Okay. You know, and uh, sorry, Keith. Uh, <laughs> Just keeping it real. Right. So they put me on at <laughs> night. For listening. I was yeah. at night for a couple. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was at night for a couple of years, and then um, they fired neander paul i don't know if you remember him i do i do paul marshall yeah um who's a really funny guy but he just uh, i guess just didn't fit and um so they put carrie mistress carrie up to afternoons and then i did mid they put me on at middays and uh-huh. i did that for 10 years and then what they, year was that like uh, right around when i started doing that yeah jeez Trying to pinpoint like I know where I would have heard you probably all of these <laughs> maybe sections, like but. 2000 let's see 2005 okay I think so I probably started I probably heard you mostly like in the morning show I was a lot of like late 90 like early 2000 2001 two three ish okay yeah Limp Bizkit heavy rotation right I mean it still is Revely 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 man favorite fucking band yeah. so like yeah yeah right around that good time. guys. Um, yeah, so then they put me back on the morning show, which I really wasn't planning. 
but it's you know it's nice to work. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they put Carrie back on middays, and they brought in Maddie and Nick. I don't know if you remember those guys. I, yeah, I've heard right. them for a bit. Two really super talented guys. I mean, Maddie Blake. They're both like voice actors. They're both comedians. They both write comedy. They can produce stuff. Um, they can do video. Maddie Blake is the host for the Treasure of Oak Island. I think it's called. Treasure. And he's also the host for a couple of other like, um, like a National Geographic program. I forget what that's. Sorry, Maddie. I forget what that's called. But he does a lot of TV. Sure. Um, I actually love that Oak Island show. Oh, you do? Oh, he'd be glad to hear that. I'll I, let him know. I binged yeah. the shit out of that show. That's awesome. They put it on Netflix. I don't know what it is. I, I just said There's no like, treasure. Sorry. No. There's probably, I'm just I'm speculating. That's not they the They got answer, some right. knucklehead with a metal detector now, and he keeps finding coins. He's some British guy. Ooh, that's a coin. It's the funniest shit. But there's something endearing about watching these people just keep looking for something for so fucking long. Yeah. And like with failure after failure, that's just so, so entertaining. Really? It's a life lesson. Yeah, man. Yeah, never give up. I don't know. It's like living vicariously. <laughs> Even if there's somebody. no treasure. Yeah. Oh, no treasure. <laughs> Millions of fucking dollars poured into this goddamn outfit. Like, really? oh my god, the amount of equipment they have, the amount of digging they do. Anyway, we don't. This the Oak Island podcast. He'll be next he'll be week. very happy to hear that. Seriously, <laughs> we give him such a hard time about that. Really? Yeah. Every time we talk to Maddie, like, there's no treasure, right, Maddie? He's like, no, no, no. There's treasure. Um, and then Nick Stevens. I don't know if you know Fitzy, right? Fitzy. Our pal Fitzy, the the Patriots guy. Okay. Um, he does. He's got tons of videos on uh, YouTube. Okay, he's part of the Greg Hill Show now on WEI. Okay, uh, Nick Stevens. Um, he was a you know super talented guy, uh, but for some reason it just it just didn't work. Yeah. So uh, I I tuned into their show a couple times on the drive home, and it just it didn't suit me like my market or whatever. Right. Like it was felt like somebody else's audience. Man. But, I mean, even still, like, radio, you must be feeling that ever since the invention of tape decks in people's cars that people are tuning into the radio less. And now we have podcasts. Like, do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it used to be we're competing with other radio stations. Now we're competing with podcasts and streaming, any kind of streaming. You know, and there's so much. Sure. And, you know, especially as a music station, because you can get your music anywhere. Right. You know, I got... I probably shouldn't say this. I have Spotify. Yeah. You know, I got the premium. I love it. I got like, you know, I got uh, nugs.net, you know, so I got plenty of places to get music. Yeah. What is nugs.net? Oh, it's it's awesome. It's all about live music. So um, it started with Fish. Okay. All right. So Fish were the first band, I believe, artist really to... Um, Two things. One, make their shows available for download. Okay. After the show. Yeah. Back then, though, it took like a week. But that but was now like, it's like as you're yeah. Now it's like, like well, yeah. now they were also the first band to live stream one of their concerts. I think it was a Madison Square Garden concert. Brilliant. Uh, I want to say like 2004, 2005, something like that. Hmm. And um, and so they were the first to do that. And now that's so the guy who runs Nugs.net, he was the guy that was doing all that for him. And then, so he was doing it through his little company and then Metallica called and there was like, Hey, we want to do that too. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Just give me the money. And yeah, you know, yeah. and so like you can get the great thing about nugs.net that I love, you can get their latest show. So, you know, when Metallica plays a show, you'll probably be able to listen to it the next day. No shit. That's pretty if good. not, and you can pay to live stream it. Um, usually to me, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a pretty cheap bastard, so I don't, you know, it got a lot for me to pay for no stuff. Respect. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. You're yeah. frugal. You're not That's cheap. right. You own a home. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. About. Jesus Christ. Shit costs money. Yeah, money is hard. Fucking ship from sinking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. That's what I love about it. So, and there's tons of bands on there. And if even like bands that aren't around anymore, they'll still have live stuff from them, some bootlegs, you know, but a lot That's of awesome. it's really good quality. So it's like Hulu for live concerts. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds fucking incredible. It yeah. is very cool. Yeah. I've been going to YouTube watching, trying to find live concerts, but they're all shitty phone rips. So you can't really listen to hear it. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you got to pay for it. But it's if great it's worth qu- quality. If you, yeah. you know, if you love a certain band and they got tons of them, you know, and you want to hear what they're doing these days or go back to the 90s or whatever, you know what? It's <laughs> it's it's all there. It's pretty awesome. So you were saying uh, Nugs.net yeah. is not paying me. That's OK. Oh, all right. Respect. Sort of disclaimer there. <laughs> But they could if they wanted. Yeah, to I mean, if they membership. want to give me for, free, I'll just take a free subscription. Yeah, you know, they can actually give me money, uh, in kind donation. <laughs> uh, you were saying now that you're competing with podcasts, and you're like, are you finding listeners through your podcast? Because you're releasing some of your stuff on. Like, yeah, we, we try to make you know any interviews we do, you know, um, or if it's a talk show like the morning show. Yeah. Um, they release the they call them the full show podcast. So yeah. it's that particular hour without the commercials. Sometimes I'll listen to like the Sports Hub does that. Yeah. I'm a big oh, yeah. sports radio guy. Right. So it's like Sports Hub is kinda of the one I listen to, but uh a lot of times I don't wake up early. So I'll go back and listen to like Toucher and Rich at like two o'clock now. Right, yeah, on demand. Awesome. Yeah. That's what people want now because it's all exactly. it's all right here in your hand. It's yeah. in your phone. Right. Seriously. And you want it, you know, nobody works like the whole nine to five work culture is dead getting smaller and smaller and people are just working different gigs, side gigs or different hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, seriously. So it's all about when you can watch or when you can listen. So yeah, that's so that we try to do that. We make as much as we can available. That's awesome. It makes interviews, sense. you know, stuff like that. So waf.com please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's a huge um that's a that's huge competition, but at the same time, like if Joe Rogan called me Probably never happened. I, Joe Rogan, call me. Yeah, um, thanks for listening. Great. Yeah, also, yeah, thank, you, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, We're gonna tag all these people right. on social media, and yeah. one of them might listen. <laughs> Joe Rogan's gonna call you. He's like, "Oh, you guys are pretty good. You ever see a tarantula that lays its eggs inside your brain?" <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, if like if I could get Joe Rogan on the show, even though he has like he's. He's got the number one podcast right yeah. now. Yeah. Right? yeah. For like years now. And he'd probably just want to talk about his podcast. Sure. But he's huge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and he's awesome. So. That's why we're using you. I mean. <laughs> well, I can get you maybe. You know, my mom will listen. I know that. For Hell sure. yeah. My wife won't. Take, but, take you know. It. It's all right. My wife. This <laughs> would be the most my wife listens to the shows because she's sitting in the other room. <laughs> What's up? Um. <laughs> 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 I mean, have you thought about doing your own podcast? Like, what would the Mike Shoot podcast, if that ever came to fruition? Um, well, it would be similar to Nugs.net, but it would be all live rush. Nice. Hell yeah. But, you know, as you probably know, uh, music licensing fees, <laughs> it's kind of like... It's kind of like going to the dentist, pretty much, and getting you know your prostate examined at the same time. Yeah, you know, examination. So it's like go on. Yeah. Oh, you like that? There's a Pornhub channel for that. Um, go to the Paris Cinema. Yeah. Oh, uh, they would have had that. But um, yeah, I you know right now, um, I'm just trying to kind of feel my way into this new shift I'm doing. It's been a long time since I've only worked by myself, yeah. and uh, well, actually, I work with Josh Dolan. He helps out quite a bit but um and then once i get that settled 
I'm going to try to do a couple of things, maybe. I'd like to do this one. I don't even know if I should say it because you guys will probably steal it and do it. Um, and don't say it. Okay. So, anyway, I worked in Pittsfield. <laughs> and no, <laughs> um, I don't want to do this thing where I get comedians to talk about their favorite song, regardless of what it is and why they like Just That's interesting cool. story. Yeah, and to be fair, I was inspired by the Josh Adam Myers podcast, The 500. Do you know that one? No. Nothing so... Like um, a good friend of his who was also a comedian, I can't remember his name, he died. But one of the things he did all the time with Josh Adam Myers was get him into different music. So he'd give him tapes or CDs or whatever. Okay. So you got to listen to these guys. And he's like, yeah, okay. he's, no, really listen to it. And then we'll talk about it. And so he really loved that about him. That's cool. And he was always reading Rolling Stone magazine. So this guy Josh Adam Myers finds the top 500 albums of all time, you know, by Rolling Stone magazine. And so each podcast is him talking to a different comedian about he gives the comedian the the album to listen to. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like if they've never heard of it or they're big fans or whatever. They have to listen to it a bunch of times and then come in and then they talk about you know their first reaction and how they felt about it that's cool yeah it's very cool it's it's a different it's like a music show but not with music geeks yeah. josh adam myers admits he's like i wasn't a big i wasn't really into music yeah. you know and he's like this is kind of like you know you're going through it with me listening to all these albums and why are they the 500 greatest albums and that's super awesome. yeah it's cool that makes it more personal, though. Like, yeah. most people aren't music aficionados. Yeah. Most right. people are just fans. <clears throat> right. I hate listening to people, like, I, mean, I guess like a music aficionado. I have no interest in their opinion on anything. <laughs> like, I'd rather, like, like kind of like that, like, have a friend listen to, like, one of my favorite songs from whatever band. Just be like, what do you think? Like, right. That stuff's always way more interesting, especially somebody who doesn't listen to music that much. I love that type of shit I love. You shouldn't. You shouldn't really listen to critics. I mean, how many no. times have you listened to music or seen movies and you're like, wow, this is great. Right. And like all the critics are panning it. Yeah. I, I'm know. a fan of a Star Wars episode one. Like that's something well, I have to That's fight. a poor life decision. Dude, well, this is pod racing. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever. I'm still going to fight that for my dying day. It hit at a special time in good. my life. It was my first Star Wars movie released to my generation. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I, I guess same. I, I'm not as old. I know. <laughs> but... Still. Not. Anyway, point is, <laughs> mm. it's it's good to have those things. Um, where the fuck were we going off? Of that? I don't know. So distracted. So the Mike Shoot podcast is where. Oh right, so that's right. About doing something like that. That's a cool idea. Yeah, I try to do something like that. Um, you know, I love music, but I'm one of those music geeks that you probably wouldn't want to listen to. I'd be like, oh yeah, I hear shades of. Radiohead in that, and I can tell here he's been listening to you know Poison Ivy playing guitar, and <laughs> yeah, man, this is you can tell there's like a jazz influence. It's like okay, shut the fuck up, just, just you know, is it good? Yeah, but that's for that reason, because you know every comedian has their own you know way of viewing life, and they do that uh, from what I found or read about or talked to comedians about. It's usually something that they need to get out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's therapeutic in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, or else there's just a voice in their head that's saying, you got to go on stage and tell everybody, you know, about how much you hate cheeseburgers or whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that's something I'd like to do. Again, though, it's tough to do that, um, without like hearing the song or at least yeah. uh, 30 seconds of the song or whatever. Right. And it's just, it's amazing the difficulty and the price of, doing that and i think doing it with waf and because they're owned by such a huge radio company that you know 
the artist publishing company would be like, okay, that'll be like, you know, $1,600 or, or more. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I just I, like, I truly don't. Because they try to discourage it at work. Really? They're like, oh, that's going to cost us an arm and a leg and we can't, you know. It's like, okay, all right, well, you know, no, I'll hum it. You don't want to gain listenerships. <laughs> you know, but that's, yeah, that's another whole legal hurdle and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'd like to do some kind of podcast. I'd like to do something about, you know, Worcester and, and um, you know, I had this idea of going to like every single bar in Worcester. And doing a podcast at the bar. All right, that's an if idea. You we need might steal. a right. co-host. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, have, I now have a lot of time on yeah. my hands. <laughs> but you know, because I, I got that idea from uh, my neighbor. He just mentioned this thing a couple of years ago. I was like, oh yeah, I was stopped over at Gallagher's for a couple of beers. And he's like, you went inside Gallagher's, and Dude, I'm like, I used to live up the street from there. And I've always wanted to go. In. You never went in there? No. Oh, it's such a, like a neighborhood place. Fuck it yeah. looks it looks bad because there's no windows. Yeah, well, there's no and windows. Usually, like, yeah, right. So there's no windows. You're usually kind of like, oh, why don't they have windows? Um, and it's stark. It's like brick. You know, it's got that old sign. And I just, you know, I, I had like work being done in my car up the street. And I'm just, I'm just going to go get a beer or Gallagher's. I don't care. And I walked in there and I was like, oh, and everyone's in there watching the Bruins game. And it was pretty much a neighborhood place. Really? There was no like threat of knife fights or. That's awesome. No dude bros. No, there were definitely no, there were <laughs> definitely like, neighborhood people. No dude cool. bros, you know, various ages. But huh. um, yeah, it's a cool, like just chill that's you awesome. go in there, you don't cause trouble. Yeah. I think you'll be all right. All right. The more you know. You're going to yeah, go this week? Fuck yeah, I am. I don't. I have a week off. Yeah, just yeah, go for it. I don't have a job anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. No, I know. Yeah. You have seltzer time. Go make us some bubbles. <laughs> Hi, Gallagher's. Because <laughs> uh, I have a podcast. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, so something I've always been curious about. You're on the radio for like four hours at a clip. Mm. How much of you work day is that four hours? That's not the whole thing, right? You have to prepare. No, I go in. I go in early and and try to find stuff that I could try to make entertaining. Um, set up interviews, sure. Any kind of production I need to do, anything like that. Uh, with this, um, with this shift, I try to do more of that beforehand as opposed to when I was on the morning show. I did it all afterwards because yeah. in the morning show, I get there at like 4.30, <sighs> you know, and it's just like, I just get ready for the show and then I'll deal with everything else afterwards. And then, Understood. But here I get, I try to get in there like, you know, 11, 12, um, find guests, you know, there's blogging involved, you know, okay. and, and um, any kind of interview, anything that has to do with the radio station. You know, I try to put in a regular eight-hour day. It's just not in those hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then, you know, on the air, that's, yeah, it's four hours. And that's probably the most fun part of the job. Oh, I would assume. <laughs> you know, yeah. So. But just like coming from somebody that has to fill an hour worth of content, I could find right. an hour worth of content challenging four hours every day. Right. Well, yeah. I, you know, I play music. Right. So it's, you know, a talk show. Yeah, that'd be a huge challenge. And it is, you know, those like uh, Greg Hill. Um, you know, the guy's amazing. He's he's got he's just got the super talent of finding content and then making it into something that people will feel passionate about and want to call the station and say, shut the fuck up. Why don't you do your research, you douchebag? You know, because really what you want is that kind of reaction. It's great to say, oh, you guys are great. This is the best show ever. That's awesome. But if someone's like just riled up and it's like, I'm coming down there. I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Or you fucking suck. I hope you die. And you're so after a while, I was like, oh, God, this sucks. But then I started thinking like, 
this is someone who's like picking up the phone to call or text and taking that moment because I, you know, I don't know if you hear stuff on the radio. Do you feel like you want to just constantly comment on everything like to the point where you're going to do it? You're going to make the call. I've never done and when, text it. When I was younger. Hell yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> At being older now. No. Like Even with the sports radio stuff. No. I So I like a love hate thing with both like, well, yeah, with sports radio where like I love to hear their opinions, but I know that like. They're not, most of them aren't athletes. They're just like nerdy dudes who talk about sports. Right. right. And it's fine. And it's awesome. They know a lot more than I'll ever know. And they obviously are connected on ways that I'll never even think of being connected on. But like in my mind, and I'm guessing it's true. They have to kind of, there has to be like a good guy and a bad guy when it comes to sports radio. It can't all be like. Patriots played great. This is awesome. Like, right. You've got to have your... Yeah, you have to have conflict. Yeah, Like exactly. any good story. Right. Because that's how you, you get need, people to Yeah, antagonist, protagonist, yeah. you have conflict. They do it. Oh, yeah, Bruins absolutely. Bruins win the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm like, yeah, I'm really not good there, though. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding Also Patriots, right? Yeah. We're 8 no. Oh, sorry. I did something I hate. We're 8 no. Like, I'm like, I'm out What'd there. What'd you do? Like, yeah, I'm out there like, you know, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm I do it all the time. plays to Belichick. <laughs> but it's like, okay, so what are we complaining about? Yeah. Sure. The offense isn't what it was last year, but geez, they seem to be undefeated. Yeah, the def- yeah, what is yeah, your exactly. fucking problem? Yeah, it's unreal. give them a fucking break. It's unreal, <laughs> right? But, so, but they have to. You have to have that. So they have to find something. Exactly. You know? But like, I mean, I don't know. But it's good. I'll never be that person to like want to call and comment on something ever. Right. I used to call and like request songs when that was. Do people still do that? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember doing that. I asked Mistress Carrie to go to prom with me. Did you? What yeah. was that? Oh, fuck. I can't wait to tell her. I'm going to text her right now. I'm with a guy who asked you to the prom. I'm sure a million guys have. <laughs> you took her to a wedding recently. Or she I did not take her to a wedding. She we did. were just there together. <laughs> not together, actually. She was with her date, who's a Marine Sergeant Major, so there's nothing going on there. <laughs> Please don't scramble my brain with a pen. That's awesome. Oh, my God. No, he's a really nice guy. This but, would have um, been like maybe 2000. I graduated in 06, so it's probably like 2005. Ish, 2004. That's so cute. Right around there. Yeah, that was adorable. Still are. Just sorry, I'm gonna do this and see if she responds. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's cool with me. <laughs> Doing a podcast. The with first a guy who asked you to with. <laughs> the first. What was it? First or second? So my first show ever as a kid was Local Bazooka 2001. Oh, what? Yeah, I'm not even kidding. It was the was first. Was that? With Disturbed? Yeah, right yeah. after 9-11. Oh, yeah, Nobody right. Nobody could fly in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I think like, Biohazard played. And right. I, was like, I think Rollins <gasps> played that, too. Yep, Rollins yeah. played that. That was, which was what? funny, because, like, yeah. again, I loved, like, that was a good cannot stress enough. Revolu was amazing. But being in the same general area as fucking Henry Rollins was the coolest moment ever. Uh, it was my first show, and I was like, this is, I, it was unreal. That's incredible. I, I, I paid to watch him point. speak Henry Rollins. Did you I would do it again. He is a yeah, fucking was, brilliant mind. It was wild. Um, it was really wild. I've, I've uh, met Henry a couple of times. Is he cool? He wasn't cool when I met him. <laughs> there may have been some other things going on. Sure. Uh, the first time was at the Reading Festival in 2004, I want to say. So the radio station I was at at the time in Virginia sent me there. It was a whole Bud Dry promotion. Oh, Bud Dry was one of the yeah, sponsors. Yeah. You don't remember Bud Dry? No. You know why? Because it really sucked. <laughs> Sorry, Budweiser. Like, like Bud Light Platinum? Um, thanks for listening, Budweiser. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just we, finishing this joke right. every time. We Nobody have... needs InBev's money. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that's right. Oh. Keep it American. Um, so yeah. like, it was. Uh, they set up this beautiful backstage area. It's a big tent, like a catering tent, and uh, they fed us. It was like me, my wife, a couple of winners. It was just a, and they paid for everything. Like that's we awesome. barely. I know it was great. Um, but then they had another tent that was kind of like the press area. So. We didn't have to bring anything. They had everything there. Mics. They were recording everything. That's so sick. Oh, it was great. And then they would help line up the interviews. And so Henry Rollins was one that was a press conference style. So uh, we had to all line up and get our question out. And I was so excited because I I just grew up listening to Black Flag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. You know, loved Rollins Band, spoken word stuff. Yeah. Yeah. so I'm really psyched. And so I'm sitting and we're sitting in like rows of chairs in order that we're supposed to ask. And he's like sitting maybe six feet away from me. There's a couple other people sitting up there. And this one guy who worked at WHFS in, um, in Baltimore at the time, which was a great station, he walked up to Henry and he kind of leaned over and he was talking. I, can, I just couldn't hear. All I heard was like, you know, and Henry wasn't saying anything. He was just kind of looking at the ground and then he started shaking his head. And then the guy said something and then Henry like kind of like his face was right in his face. Henry kind of looked up, got right in his face and said, imagine the physics, my fist, your fucking face. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? And this is before you had, you know, smartphones. Like there's no like getting the picture or the selfie or shit. I had a disposable fucking camera I bought at some (laughs) British (laughs) drugstore. I was like, you know, oh, God, what's happening? This is awesome. And, the guy's uh, gonna wait for the light. The light isn't going. Oh, yeah. and, and so like his veins were coming out, and, and this Christ. guy, this guy like stood up, went fine, turned around, started walking away, and Henry Rollins yells like in this tent full of people, "That's right, you fucking faggot! You just keep ah. walking!" And I was like, "Oh my god!" And everyone's ah. everyone stopped talking, right? And everyone's like, "Oh my god, what happened?" Are we still doing this? What's going on? And then he sat back down and he was like, he was like pissed. He was so fucking pissed. And then I look over and the producer's pointing at me going, go. Go." (laughs) I'm like, now? I'm not asking him now. I had this whole question about Rollins band. And then, you know, do you do the writing as a a poem or, you know, do all this like the process stuff? And I just got up there and he's like, And I just kind of went, so uh, you're a big fan of coffee. So am I. Uh, Is there any particular coffee you drink to give you that kind of rage inside? And I was trying to make it funny, but I was shaking. Yeah, (laughs) I'm shaking. And he's an imposing human being. Oh, and he was sitting. You know, he was just like looking at me. And then he kind of closed his eyes and then he he looked down and he smiled. Thank God. And he just went, no, I just just drink regular coffee. I do it for the caffeine. That's that's all it is. Just uh, regular drip. I was like, okay, thanks. Thank you for your time. Okay, thank you. So kill me. Oh, God, he's going to kill us all. Um, and he was like everybody that went up and asked him a question. It was kind of real short. And so I don't I don't know what that guy said. I, someone told me that they had had a run in a couple of years earlier oh, when, sure. when he was in Baltimore right. and they were doing some festival. And, um, and then the second time I met him, he just didn't want to talk. Okay. And it wasn't like an interview situation. He was uh, at, uh, oh, what was it? The Boathouse in Norfolk, Virginia, which is a great, uh, great venue right on the water. And uh, he was doing a spoken word thing. And uh, I knew 
a couple people that the radio station that was sponsoring it. So they got me back there and I was cool. hoping to just say, Hey, what's up? Shake his hand, whatever. Right. Uh-huh. It's like, Hey Henry, how you doing? Big fan. I don't know if you remember talking to me a couple of years ago at Reading. And he's like, no, I don't really. And they kind of turned away. He wasn't mean or anything. He just, he was Stayed elsewhere. He, sure. No, he was elsewhere. He was just like, and it was before he was going on. So he was, it probably wasn't a good time to talk to him. Yeah. Um, but that first time, I was like, holy shit. And then he was kind of a jerk to a lot of people. And it kind of, what, you know what happens? People are like, oh, I wish I could meet this person. And I've become a little fearful of that. Only yeah. because I'm afraid after a couple of instances that they end up being real jerks. Yeah, and then I really feel bad. Who they are. Yeah, I feel bad. Like, I, you know, like, I couldn't listen to Black Flag yeah. or Rollins for a little while because it just reminded me of this bad experience oh, and shit. how he was. And, yeah. And um, same thing with... Um, and I'm not afraid to say this. Art Alizakis from Everclear is a dick. Dude, I have... Total dick. He's I've Mr. Oh, you should get out and vote and it makes the country great. And yeah, he's take asshole. care of your kids. And yeah, he had a tough upbringing and, yeah, yeah. you know, everything like that. But every time I've talked to him, he's been a dick. And I've, you know, I've talked to him four times. And the, after the third time, I'm like, that's three strikes. You yeah. can't be a dick every right. time. He's yeah. just difficult and condescending. And, and I really pissed him off because apparently he ghost wrote the... The remade version of um, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay. Which is one of the great... movie? Yeah. Yeah, there was a new one. Okay. But that first one is, like, to me, one of the perfect movies. Right. And uh, he was talking about ghostwriting and stuff, and he was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, some of us... And he wasn't, like, naming himself. You know, we do... uh, We write scripts and stuff, and, you know, you can make good money doing that. I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah. Like, did you see the latest uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still? I said, I'm not even going to go to that because that movie was already perfect. I don't right. even know why they're wasting their money oh, on remaking an already perfect movie. And he's like, oh, well, I uh, did the treatment for that. I'm like, huh. All right. Well, I hope you got paid, man. I was just done. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Good for dude. you to throw it back to him. Fuck yeah, that, It's like you ruined a perfectly I'll good never movie. Be Fuck that guy. Yeah. But so it's yeah, like it's I can't same. really listen to Everclear now. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I like some of their songs, like Heart Spark Dollar Signs, like a great fucking song. But it's like I hear it and I start hearing his voice. I'm like, ah, I just don't want to listen to them, you know, which is weird. No, but I mean, I know what you get. I worked for a shitty little screen printing shop down in Connecticut for a while. And one of the clients we had was a Casey Strain, which is a local band around here. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I can't listen to them now because I would have to badger them for money and I would get the runaround. Vincent would call him say very terrible things on the phone it completely tainted my view of the band really? to the point that i just i don't listen to them i'll support them that like, go oh, you guys are doing great but i can't listen to it so i totally get what you're yeah, saying yeah so because you get that bad experience it's taste a in your mouth thing. yeah right and you know the music should transcend that and everything but i don't know when it's just bothers you so much you know it's weird and it's really shouldn't be any big surprise that musicians are fucked up human beings like yeah, they're very every musician's different but like to write that kind of music to express yourself in that way you kind of have to go through some shit and you kind of have to be a little weird so, yeah some right. of them though are just like entitled brats I mean there's that too yeah yeah. And my, then my old job I had to deal with a couple people drummer of a well I'll tell you like after but oh drummer, come on he's no, no, dropped no, no, I don't want I don't want to get you in like, trouble. No, you I don't, don't have get to, man. Anybody else in trouble? Um, yeah, drummer of a wildly, wildly huge, massive band. Uh, this is a fucking dick. Kind of the worst. Called, flipping out on me. I had nothing to do with what he was flipping out about. And it sucked because I was a fan of... He was in other bands before this one. And I loved it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. His dad is my 
probably second favorite drummer of all time. Oh shit, really? Yeah. Um You basically so, just gave it away, but that's okay. <laughs> just well, keep going. Maybe. Just keep going. But yeah, so like that is it was Weinberg's kid? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Oh shit. Sorry, I mean that you, man. <laughs> we, 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 I'm we, comfortable. We, I keep forgetting there's a we, microphone. We can here. beep it out. Um Yeah, I know. He's just like kind of the worst. Really? He sucks. I'll oh, see. Like kinda nice, but also not really. Oh, I, mean, I mean he like fucking love what he's doing with Slipknot, but yeah. still. He's a fucking ridiculously good drummer, but he's just kind of a brat. Well level that out. Corey Taylor's like an awesome dude. Is he? So that levels it out. Corey, you know? yeah. Yeah, he is every time I've talked to him. And he's been in all sorts of different conditions. I'm not saying like fucked up or drunk or anything, but, you know, tired or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Super nice guy. You know, he'll let you know, too, in a nice way. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't think I can talk now. You know, something because he's whatever, you know, but at least he's he's cool about it. Yeah. So you kind of balance that out. You know? Yeah. He's yeah. a wicked cool guy. You know, that guy's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah. So but then there's also bands that I don't really like like that much, but I love the people in that band because they're so nice that I'm like. Yeah, I'll put them on. Like, it's weird. They'll, you know, a little too. But I, mean, I feel the weird. same way. Yeah. There's, I, I don't want to name any, but they're super, super nice guys. They're always respectful and in it for a good time and yeah. the right reasons. But you will never play their album. Well, I'm not. Let's just say I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Sure. You know, I wouldn't. I don't know. But you come across enough bands in your business that it's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, like when I was uh, uh, working, at, I worked at a AAA station in Richmond, you know, so I had these artists come in, these kind of folky artists, which I'm not really into and stuff, yeah, but sure. you know, and they're super nice and stuff, but it's kind of like, oh, I never really listened to this. But, you know, that's thankfully that's my job. You know what I mean? It's like got to got to go in and and just, uh, you know, because there's people that are hopefully listening and they, they like this right. person or for sure or whatever. So. You're facilitating a conversation for them. Thank you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right. We've gone for about an hour already. Oh, we geez. We need to talk about any disc golf uh, before we get into Wait, the Stokes and Wait, before we get into oh, that. Oh, you got some. Best show you've ever seen in Worcester. In Worcester? Yeah. <sighs> wow, this has been a bunch of really good ones. There's this time I saw Murphy's Law at Ooh. the Commercial Street Cafe. Do you know that's where that used to be? Fuck no. Okay, Commercial Street, right? Like right across. I forget. I don't even know what's there now. Um, it, it was an Italian restaurant recently. Um, oh, it's a. Um, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the it's, guy it's, that it's used like to a, own Shora's, which was like on the other corner, and then he bought the Commercial Street place, and then yeah. Um, but they played. That was a great place to see a show because the owners really cared about the sound. And the room was great. It was kind of like Tammany Hall, where you had kind of like a setup, and then there was some rooms to the side with a pool table. Yeah, made it like kind of like a. It was almost like a living space. Yeah. Okay. Um, they were friggin' awesome, and there was only maybe thirty people there. That's but awesome. you know, all thirty were having the time of their. We were just like raging full on, and it's Murphy's Law, so you yeah. can get up on stage and oh, hang yeah. out with them and stuff. Yeah, fuck and, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, Jimmy G was friggin' awesome, <clears throat> and. So that was a real that comes to mind right away. And then Joe Strummer at the Palladium. I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs> um that was great. It was uh first of all, I'm a huge Clash fan. I love yeah, Joe Strummer. Same. Sure. Um it was two weeks, around two weeks after September eleventh. Oh wow. shit. So and we had a bunch of friends coming into town. We had a couple we had this girl who came in who was running from the dust 
when one of the towers collapsed, oh, the World Trade Center, fuck, and she man. got knocked down by the force of the building coming down and then just completely covered in dust. She was telling us the story. And then so she was like caked in all this dust. And then she had to she lived in Brooklyn. So she had to walk from Manhattan all the way back to over the Brooklyn Bridge back to wherever because everything oh was shut God. down. Yeah. yeah. So she was there. A couple other people from New York came in. We had just moved to Worcester. We'd been here for. I think it was 99 or 2000. Anyway, um, so everybody's kind of nervous. Sure. Right? Sure. And the show, I guess, was sold out, but maybe a little more than half the place was full. I think people just didn't want to come out. You know? Really? Shell shocked or whatever. Yeah, yeah. there's just people were scared, man. Yeah. It was, it was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Definitely. Um, and he came out, and, you know, this is the time for all that stuff he said. With the clash, you know, like on Sand and East and stuff, you know, he yeah. could have played Charlie Don't Surf and yeah, yeah. he could have said, This is what happens when you try to become some kind of imperial power and do all that stuff. He did. I told you so, basically. Yeah, like, yeah, right? No, not at all. He was like, All right, we're going to have a good time tonight. And he opened up with this, like, really chill instrumental that had a beautiful violin part, kind of made everybody relaxed. It was, you could feel the vibe. It was one of those shows, it's a good show when you can feel the vibe in the yeah, room. You can yeah. feel the room. And then he just started, he, Played some Clash tunes. He started playing covers that you could totally tell they were just learned at soundcheck. Really? They played like Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. They played The Harder They Come by Jimmy Cliff. They played like uh, A Message to You, Rudy, from the specials. And it was kind of like, just kind of like a keg party almost. Because yeah. he was playing tons of covers and, you know, he was inviting people on stage. And it was really loose. And it was such a good time. That's and it, so it totally sick. just turned the place. Like for, you know, a couple hours, there's nothing else going on in the world. When the world was so fucked up at that point. Yeah. And uh, At the DCU Center. No, this no, was at the, the Palladium. Oh, the Palladium. Okay. You know what's fucked up? Somebody called me at the radio station and said, Joe Strummer is walking up and down Main Street handing out flyers to his show. What? And I was like, ah, shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> it was like, but apparently he was. And that's what he did on that tour. There's a docu, uh, the future is unwritten. Great documentary. And they, they have that tour on there. Every place he went, he was on like the, the boardwalk in Atlantic city going, Hey, you want to see a punk rock show tonight? And he's just handing flyers to people as they're walking by. Nobody knew who the fuck he was. That is the coolest thing. They yeah. Know. And then Imagine. so, but what really sucks about that is in the documentary, someone called the DJ at the local radio station, said, Joe Strummer's down here hanging out flyers. He goes, oh, well, well, get him on the phone and we'll have him up here. I'm like, why didn't I fucking. <laughs> it could have been you. I know, instead, I said, yeah, shut the fuck up. He is not. Joe Strummer's not going to do that. But yeah. That's so sick. So those are the first two that come to mind. Those are pretty fucking awesome. Those are incredible nice. shows. Yeah. That, I'm There's so a lot, jealous though. you got to see Strummer at the Palladium. Do you, what's your favorite? Let's just finish this off. What's my favorite? In Worcester. Mine has to be the Half Heart Show. The Half Heart Show was just absolutely insane. Okay. It was just an amazing to feel a show like that in a venue that big. No barriers. Everybody's just vibing. Jumping Where was it? At Palladium. Oh, nice. It was recent. A hardcore band called Half Heart got back together after 10 years. Yeah. And sold out the show in minutes. They ended up booking a second show the next day outside. But I ended up grabbing tickets to the inside show. And I just, it was a VFW show at the Palladium. Oh my God. It was fucking That's insane. great. Like, yeah, pylons and, oh, it took me right back to the old hardcore, day, hardcore days. My favorite? All right, well, <clears throat> two for sure. Definitely my first show ever, which was Local Bazooka at Green Hill Park, 2001. It was like my, literally my first show ever. So I was like, this is all I've ever wanted to do for like, 
10 years ago to shows. My dad was like, you're not quite old enough. Yeah, like, we're going to we're gonna wait a little while. And then this one happened, and I was like, it was good. And it was awesome. Like, I saw boobs. Like, <laughs> Dude, so many. It was So nuts. many boobs. So many boobs. You know, that the indoor beach party was way more. I there was way more nakedness. Of yeah, those. I never yeah, got yeah. to go to any of those. Because it was like, oh, we're at the beach. And it's like, well, no, you're in the Selenga Center. Yeah. Please put your panties back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's funny because they're both. So, like, the 2001 one was, it was like days after 9-11. Yeah, that was very close after yeah, 9-11. And, my, yeah. and that was a thing where, like, I got the go-ahead, got the ticket for, I think, my birthday, which was September 4th. So, like, it was, I was a whole fucking, like, couple weeks leading up to it. And then everything went down at 11 and of course my parents were like terrified to let me go to this because like oh here's this massive gathering at like a giant park who right. knows what's gonna happen seriously um and it was awesome it was totally flawless but like i just remember like a bunch of the bands couldn't fly in i remember being in line to meet null set yeah <laughs> this is like that's how long ago this was <laughs> i'm like i was like 14 14 or 15 meeting null set and literally they're sounding like all of our like uh, it was like a CD sampler thing that they were right. doing now. Yeah, they so, were on Grand Royal, so they had like that cardboard yeah. sampler. Up. I, honestly, yeah. I might still have it at my parents' house because I saved everything. It's fun to dip back into those things and see who made it and see who the yeah. fuck is still. Dude, obscure. I used to keep. I kept the like the local bazooka book, like the daily book. Oh right, thing, yeah. And the they had all the bands. Yeah, yeah, I had them all sign that. Sick. But I remember them signing all of our stuff, and then I forget who was either on stage or was about to come on stage but they did the national anthem and it was like I think that was disturbed didn't they they couldn't fly in they flew back they played the uh, 2002 oh okay because they came back to like make it up was a kid rock was he 2001 no so the the headliners were it was disturbed Puya. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were good, man. And Kitty. Dude, Puyah. The only song they had was they said their own name a bunch of times. They were like, Puyah, Puyah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. But, like, Reveille played Nonpoint and, like, Darwin's Waiting Room. And, like, oh, all these dude, I saw Darwin's Waiting Room play with Machine Head. That was a great oh, fucking sick. show. Anyway, keep going. But I just remember, like, being a little kid and, like, these guys, like, all signing our stuff. And I'm like, this is so cool. And then that happened, and the entire place just stopped. And they were like, hold on a second. And, like, the guys in the band stood on their chairs. And, like, it was, like, being younger and just being, like, obsessed with being that close to a band, who I only knew one song of. Like, and they're, like, local guys. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But to me, I was like, this is so cool. And then everything stopped, and I was like, holy fucking shit. We're all, it was wild. It was, like, you could hear a pin drop in the entire place. It was sick. Um, that's what it's about. You know, you're at that yeah. show and you, you feel it. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you just feel, you kind of share that same feeling with everyone. And that's, you know, to me, that's like a real thing. Exactly. You know, it doesn't happen at a lot of shows. No, but no. when it does. Yeah, a lot of them are like, you know, you're just kind of going through the motions right. and you sing the songs and you go home. But yeah, that was like a, the whole feel of that day was completely different from anything. And then the day after the Red Sox won the World Series in 04, I saw Green Day for the first time at the DCU Center. And that was like, fucking wild like going to that show everybody had red Sox jerseys on like it was nuts they uh like newfound glory and shirical opened and like newfound was like my favorite band at the time so that was pretty sick but like before green day played they had this giant bunny that comes out on stage and like kind of like fucks with the crowd so this guy comes out in like a red Sox jersey so the place is like losing their fucking minds he's like chugging beers like <laughs> obviously he's like not really drinking a beer but like fake chugging beers and it was just out of control. It was like the same feeling where everybody was still so pumped on, 
you know, mm-hmm. a couple hours ago, the Red Sox were in the World Series, and like here we are watching Green Day. Yeah, that's, those are probably my two favorite Worcester shows. That's sick. I saw the Eagles once too. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Slightly different, but I dig it. I saw the Eagles, and then it was the 10 year anniversary show of Reveille. Like Reveille got back together and played the Palladium for one night. It was like the day. It was like a couple days after Thanksgiving because the Eagles were the night before Thanksgiving. Reveille was like that Saturday, and we went. And we're like standing in line again, like the Eagles and Reveille. Like that was a cool fucking Jesus. couple days. But this dude came out. Somebody who worked for the band who would interview people, and they he was asking like, "He's going like, what what shows have you been to recently?" And of course, I'm looking around. I'm like, "This fuck." But I was like, I mean, at this point, I was what 21 or 22. So I was like, I saw the Eagles the other night, and everybody was like. <laughs> I was like, fuck you That's guys. That's awesome. Like, that is awesome. It was so sick. It was probably right around, yeah, it must have been about 10 years after I, because I saw Reveille at the local bazooka and then again at the Palladium like that winter because they would do like a holiday show. Mm-hmm. And then they broke up like very shortly after that. So then 10 years later, they got back together right around that exact same time. It's pretty awesome. This podcast is all about Reveille. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Reveille and I dude, dude, a guy that works at the Fix has a Reveille tattoo. What? Like one guys, yeah, one of the guys in the Oh, kitchen, my God. He came in, like, a couple months back. I came, uh, came in with my buddy Ed. We're all talking and stuff. Never met him. Never seen this guy in my entire life. And I just happened to look at his arm, and he's got, like, a some kind of, I don't know if it's a full armband, but he's got like, pretty much a full sleeve. But he had something, and on top of it is the little, like, alien thing from the laced cover record oh, okay. like poking its eyes out so I'm like hey man like I'm probably super wrong but is that a fucking Reveille tattoo he's like dude I fucking love that band I was like what fucking planet am I living on right now this guy's a Reveille tattoo it was sick that's fucking incredible yeah. is right. that the definition of Eskimo brothers I gotta that believe is. yes is that <laughs> right All right. I'm just trying to figure from. out what that means it sounds Eskimo? like a move you Eskimo. don't know what Eskimo you guys want to do Eskimo brothers it's like what does <laughs> like, that mean uh, we have to jerk maybe, each other off maybe uh, yeah, so you both have sex with the same person, right? Yeah, but not at the same time. No, no, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so in a way, my dad and I are Eskimo brothers because we both came out of my mom's vagina. So at this point of the show, we're gonna dip to the what Stokes the and fuck? Pokes. No, that's really, uh, it's really uncomfortable now. That's like, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> when you hit him with those stones, ow! <laughs> Gotta slap him with those pokes. Oh, yeah. Stokes and pokes. Thank you, Solon. All right. I'm going to start us off with the Stokes and pokes. I'm going to poke. You all should get out when this episode drops. It's November, or Tuesday, November 5th, which is election day here in Worcester. So you should get out, support your local election, go vote. I'm not going to tell you who to go vote for. Just go let your voice be heard. Politics starts locally, but what I'm actually poking is the mailers. Uh, you guys have sent me easily 15 in the past two weeks. Um, as somebody that's a designer that's already conflicted with print media, I feel terrible having to throw these things in my recycling bin. There's got to be a better way. I could build a canoe with all the ones I have. <laughs> Seriously, just like a big mailer paper mache thing. I kind of want to see Seriously, that. it's just so much. Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah. It's almost like the AOL discs back in the Oh, my God. Yeah, look, oh I'm God. trying to quit. Yeah. You just keep sending me shit. Ten yeah. more hours. So, yeah. I don't know if I we can release, like, a zine or, like, one magazine where every fucking candidate has a page and they can give me all their fucking political bullshit. They do that for the, um, 
the state elections. They, yeah, there you they go. Have they that, send that booklet. Yeah, you can go to the post office, wherever, pick it up, you know, and, and uh, they should do that. Yeah, with local elections, too. I agree. Yeah. Every every If you're on the bill or if you're on the whatever docket, you can get a page. Yeah. And that way I don't have to keep getting these. I'd rather them do like a I mean, I don't want to be a part of this at all because like not my scene. But if they if each candidate had like a half hour podcast where I could actually just listen to them talk. I, I'd be I would yeah. actually listen to every single person. I'm not going to read fucking anything. Like, I mean, I'll read stuff, but I mean, like, I feel like in terms of trying to get younger people more involved, mm-hmm. being yeah. in front of them on their phone, they're not looking in the mail. They don't right. get mail. Like, All right. they don't read emails. Like, never mind paper mail. So, I think, um, I, I'm not, I don't want to say, well, they're already doing that. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, I'm sure like some of the local radio stations, I have to check, would probably have interviews with them that are on their website or something. Yeah, I'm sure they so, do. I mean, 508 Podcast did an episode with a lot of the school committees, and that was really cool. Yeah. I did learn some stuff through them. Um, but yeah, I mean, just alternative ways of getting their message out. There's yeah. got to be ways that are less wasteful and less. Come on, Obama went on between two ferns. That was incredible. They could do a podcast, right? It's seriously. <laughs> he took it to the he took it to the kids, right? <laughs> that's the move. So that's what we need. We need Bernie to go do something like uh, like this, like seltzer time. Yeah, yeah, Bernie, yeah. if you're listening, please come on seltzer time. Bernie needs to go eat something off whatever. I don't fully understand that term. Anyway, uh, I am stoked. I have no idea who the fuck this is, but we came across somebody, another Twitter account on like, oh, Table man. Talk Pies. Are you familiar with the Table Talk Pies Twitter account? Oh, yeah. How it's not ran by I thought Table you were going to ask me if I'm familiar with the pies. I'm like, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody has started a Seltzer Time out of context account. It's just Seltzer Time OOC. It's they, fantastic. They follow four people. Two of them are st- sitting here. And, oh, they follow, really? Yeah, they oh. follow us. And they just keep, like, I don't know where these flies are coming from. I'm so That's sorry. me. I'm, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I'm just a huge pile of shit. Sorry, I buddy. I say it to your face. No. <laughs> they just keep releasing lines from the podcast. And I swear to God, they're not all coming from us. Or if they are, I want to know what episodes. They, honestly, I think they are. Because I've, I've looked into it a little bit. Have you? Do you know just, who it is? No, I have no, I have no, no idea. Okay. Like, you sent me that screenshot, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Let me see if I can pull some Yeah. Up. They've been putting up, like, do, one a day. They are things that, like, we would say. Yeah, and like, I'm pretty sure I've said some. Of the you said something like, "I want to live at the dive bar forever." I remember that one. But oh my, I say that every day. I like, hope the ghost of the dive bar haunts me forever. Yeah, That's you. Right? I did say that. Yeah, that you're, about right. you're uh, tagged here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <That> makes sense. <laughs> they, they credited the. Source. Don't tempt me with matzah. We oh you didn't you say that during the oh shit there, didn't yeah. we do like an episode where we were talking about how I I would butter and salt. <laughs> yeah, I did talk about yeah, yeah. that. So yeah, so somebody has gone through <laughs> and pulled these snippets out of our episodes. I don't know. These are funny. Ten years of minutes. What does that mean? I, I have no idea. Wait, do I not follow? I oh, love no, this. I, follow. I just want to wear a Hawaiian shirt. You know, feel like Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> a lot of comedic gems in there. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to see what the hell we're talking about, Seltzer Time OOC. Don't stop wherever you are. I don't. Thank you for listening. We traded a washer and dryer for a drum set. You did do that. I definitely did do that. It's a true artist right there. It was, uh, yeah. It was benefit of uh, timing, really. Just fortunate timing. <laughs> so that's what I got. Mike, you got some Stokes and Pokes for us? Uh, Stokes, um, just because I'm a fat guy. Uh, Pepe's Taqueria is friggin' amazing in Tatnook Square. Everybody yes. should go there. I'm loving it. They have the Chicha... Chicharino, Chicharino, uh, Chicharones, Chicharones. Oh my God, that's how I'm, that's how I want to die. 
I want to die sitting at their bar eating that. It's oh, just crisp, big yeah. chunks of pork belly that are deep fried. And then you put a little, you know, guac on that, maybe a little lettuce, tomato. Oh, my God. So unbelievable with beer. We moved. I, I just moved, like, literally a five-minute walk from there. Oh, I know. That's it's I live near there, too. That sucks. Fucking awesome. We, like, near there, like, nah, like, what, what do you want to do for dinner? I don't know. I don't know. And it always ends yeah, up oh, yeah. calling Pepe. It's like, yeah, so I'm going to get a, uh, like. Oh, my God. We just go pick up if a takeout. If we're talking fat guy style, they have a California burrito, which oh, has huge. French fries in it. Yes. Oh, yeah. It has everything move. that I need. So Jeez. the people from, uh, or they're from the El Patron family. Yeah. So that's the style of burrito you get. You yeah. know, a football-sized burrito. It's oh, unbelievable. It's yeah, I you love could it. do some curls with it, build up them biceps, and yeah. then just munch it down. I haven't yeah. seen Naomi that much the last couple week. Well, only last week because I've been at the dive every single night. Um, and you but, live with her. And I live with her, yeah. Like, I have not gone to bed at all. Um, no, we were tomorrow, like, we're, I was like, oh, dude, like, I'm going to relax tomorrow. I'm going to go to my parents' house during the day and just kind of hang out. I'll be back. Like, what do you want to do tomorrow? She's like, I don't know. We'll figure something out. In my mind, I'm like... We're getting bebes. We're going to bebes. <laughs> right? I, I know. Fuck. Like, when I first went there, I'm like, God, I hope this sucks because I live like a five minute drive away. Yeah. From there. And if, it, if it's awesome, I'm going to be here all the time. And, and I love yeah. the inside. Yeah, it's awesome. They did a killer job. Oh, that's great. Out. Yeah. Love the colors. Love the skulls. Yeah. Mike Hershey is working with them on like stock on their bar. Really? Yeah. He's their like liquor rep. Shout out Mike Hershey. Shout out Mike Hershey. So that's my stoke. Okay. All right. Yeah. The poke is something that's fucking pissing me off. Something that's pissing you off. As always. What does it take to get a fucking pothole filled in this city, for fuck's sake? Yeah. My road's pretty fucked up. Yeah. It could get fixed. I mean, it's been three years for this one at the end of my street, you know? And it's like, come on. If the president were coming to town, you'd have that fixed right away. But everybody that lives around here, you can go fuck yourselves, right? So I saw something online a while back where some guy was drawing dicks around potholes. Yes. Genius. We should do that. You might want to try it. Okay. You know, I mean, this kind of, you know. I'm worried. There's a lot of kids in my neighborhood, you know. Uh, It's a rocket ship. They've all seen it. I'll draw dicks dicks with fire coming out of them. So I can say, hey, that's a rocket ship. (laughs) And the father will be like, no, that's a dick. That's that's what mine looks like. That's right. (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, yeah. my street, there's there's a couple that are just super fucking deep. And it just seems like, you know, they don't fucking give a shit. Yeah. And um, the road is like kind of tearing away on the sides of my street. So like when you <laughs> park, you like he's like and you're just hitting a giant chunk of pavement that popped up like however many years ago. It's just still there. So I spent a lot of time like trying to kick those out of the way. It's fucking annoying. Can I, can I ask you guys, please? Real quick, I don't know if this could be a real quick answer. What you guys think of the uh, the Red Sox coming to town? The Wo- the Woo Sox. Uh, I'm conflicted. Like, so part of the reason why I mean it was going to come to an end eventually, but part of the reason why the bar closed last night is because right. of the Woo Sox. Yeah. And like, so I'm fearing that we have this new influx of activity, or and you know, like they're going to put a Chili's up. And uh, and Kelly Square. Fucking Wahlberg's is going up probably. Yeah. Definitely. Oh God, yeah, he was here, wasn't he? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So here. that's that's what I'm worried about. Same. I think I love baseball, so I'm kind of psyched that you know it's a quick run up the street. Yeah. At the same time, and even though I complain about it all the time, I'm going to miss the death-defying thrill I get driving or walking through Kelly Square. You know, for many different reasons. I mean, if yeah. you go now, it's it's full on death defying right now. Oh, I was driving here today. Did you know, you? yeah, it was because they got the construction. Yeah. So that's just making it more chaotic, which yeah. you know I hate, and at the same time, it's like, whew, 
that was great. You're getting <laughs> you one know? last kick of a trash awesome. bag yeah. before they turn it into the hybrid peanut or whatever the fuck they're Right, it's going to be like a figure eight, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I mean, that's just going to, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm psyched that it's coming. Like, it's something the city needs. You know, like I was saying earlier, the city's made great strides, and I think it's part of that. But at the same time, I'm conflicted because, and not like Kelly Square is like the jewel of the city, <laughs> but it is a pretty fun place, and it has a certain personality. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. hang on Shrewsbury Street. No disrespect to everybody on Shrewsbury Street. I used to live Street. on that street. I never right. went. I don't, I don't go out on Yeah, Kelly Square is where that. I like to hang out, you yeah. know, and... and um, yeah, unfortunately, it's going to be very different. Yeah, and it's just going to have this influx of people at different points during the week. You know, for a baseball game, it's going to change the dynamic of the neighborhood for mm-hmm. six, eight hours, ten hours, depending on how long they pregame and postgame. Right. Yeah. So it's like, are you still going to have any neighborhood haunts? Or are they all going to now just tailor well, to? Well, that's the thing is that entire that neighborhood. So, I mean, like not to bring up the dive again, but um, the reason why the dive like Alec changed it into a craft beer right there was because nobody went there. Like you had to, like, if you know, you know, like that was and that, but that was like Kelly square and green street and water street forever. Mm-hmm. Right. I know water street, like, especially when I first turned 21, that was like the, like the bar street. And like, there's really nowhere over there that I like, but you have, you had the lucky dog on green street. You had the dive, you have the Vernon right inside Kelly, mm-hmm. like right at the end of Kelly square. Like, I mean, if you're brave enough, the white Eagle, well, like, no, white again. White Eagle's a good place. Yeah, it oh, used yeah. to be. It used to be bad. Yeah, now they got a new owner. Good. It's it's a good bar. It's a good place. I've been there show. once. I saw a buddy play. It was yeah. pretty. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. That I don't work Thursday night, so I can go to the wrestling thing. Dude, I gotta go well, see. This. I didn't like wrestling that much. Have you but... seen this? Right? No. There's oh, a it's beyond huge. wrestling. His here in Worcester, they have like a million YouTube subscribers. Do they use the broom upstairs? From the yes, White they Eagle? do. Yeah. No shit, really. Yeah. Every oh, yeah. week, it's a massive. We'll see you there next week. Okay. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um. But yeah, so you like, oh, like I feel what I was even saying. But yeah, um, drinking on water. Street. I'm super pumped about the park coming in. Like for sure, I love baseball. Like you're saying, it's going to be a cool thing. Tearing up a neighborhood that built itself up over the last 15 years, like mm-hmm. that neighborhood was a reason why people came to Worcester. Right. That's not going to be the case anymore. They'll come for the baseball park, and that's cool, and they'll take their kid to the fucking Wahlburgers, and then they're going to leave. And then you've got a bunch of like really rad spots that mostly are going to close over the next couple of years. That sucks to me. There's there I've just felt like there was other places they could have put that park that weren't going to ruin a neighborhood. So again, like that. I mean, if you're looking at it from the economic standpoint, that made the most sense. It had the biggest area. They yeah, had you're the rough, least the amount of hurdles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I was saying to people last night is the dive bar was just a place like yeah i didn't i didn't have a connection to it the same way other people do but i'd still spent a lot of time there oh yeah the people make the place and the people's still here Mm -hmm. and now there's still this collection of people that is going to define whatever the next place is yeah and it's going to continue the culture two days after the story broke i we have a buddy who works for the Worcester red sox who's awesome like super 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 nice kid um he's kind of what or at least like the way I take it, he's kind of what they're using to figure out what people in Worcester want. He's young, he goes out, he's made friends with like the right group of people. Um, so he called me, like the story broke Saturday night, I think we talked on Tuesday. And he's like, hey, like, you know, how do we save the dive? I'm like, well, you can't. Like, it's not a money thing. It's just, this is just like how it is. And he's like, well, what if we open a bar inside Polar Park? I'm like, well, yeah, but you can't open that bar inside. Yeah, it's it not, doesn't it's, work that yeah. way. 
Right. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm like, you gotta, if you're, and I know that they're not going to do this because like they don't need to, but if I was a part of that team that was like designing the park, I would like handpick 10 to 15 people that are out and like active in the community and sit them down and almost have like a round table and be like, Hey, what do you, what, what do you want from this bar? Like you're at the places that people go to because right. they, they, the Red Sox people noticed that the dive was that important, but it worked out where like Joe would come there all the time. Like he, that's where he made all his friends. So like you built this list there. Hey, you built, you built the list there. So like they recognized it, but they didn't recognize it until it was too late. And that's like almost exactly how I feel about every aspect of the park going in is like, you realize that you needed to build the skate park, but it was after you tore down the one that the community built themselves. Right. Like, if you took two seconds to talk to somebody, there's a way you could have saved Warside, and it would have been, a, you know, a solid attraction. They would have never saved field. Warside, but they could have actually had a fucking dialogue with the Well, guys, exactly. And not like, just surprise them with some bulldozers one morning. Yeah. Like, there's just ways to go about it, and, like, you don't have to do it when you have money, but... Then well, that's, also, that's what it comes down to, man. It's, yeah, it's all, you know, like Deep Throat said, you got to follow the money. So they want to close down the skate park is what this construction company maybe has an idea to build their own skate park. And that's the buddy of somebody at some. No, the construction park, it was like right before the announcement came out. Yeah. So the, the skate park was underneath the bridge. It should have never been there. They The kids that built it knew it was on borrowed time the entire time. Yeah. But they dumped hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. But they did it, right? Definitely yeah. thousands. They the news they got that it was a public health problem that there was homeless people farther in but like these dudes cleaned up their own area they kept that shit as clean as it's gonna kept it it was a safe space for graffiti artists in the city which we really don't have people had girls had like fucking uh like class picture or was it high school yearbook pictures like they would take them there because it was just this really cool like urban looking skate park built under a train bridge yeah and like all built by kids. Yeah, it was right. Awesome. And then they the they were touring the people around. The story I hear, they were touring the people around, and it was kind of an eyesore. So they wanted to get rid of it before the final call was made. Yeah, mm. sucked. It was it was doomed to go. I mean, there's still art on those walls, but yeah, there's a fence in front of it. Yeah, it's gonna change, but that's okay. The dive bar is going to be a sports bar. Like, if it's not there, it's gonna be right around there. Yeah, because. Fucking dog. I hope they, they just right. that building down. Yeah. You know, you're in between what the ice center and and uh and oh, the park, baseball. polar yeah. park, yeah. you know. So yeah. It's gonna be like a Lansdowne Street or a Canal Street or something like extent, that. But it's also minor league baseball. Like that's the thing that I keep trying to stress because people are like, oh, it's gonna be awesome. Maybe they'll close Green Street, it can be a walking thing. I'm like, it only holds ten thousand people. And that's like you're not getting that on a Tuesday. You will for the first. No, year, yeah, right. You're gonna like, on you're the gonna, weekends. You're you'll crush that. it. Right. Yeah. yeah, on the weekends it'll be right. awesome. You'll crush it. It'll be sick. But like those like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games, you're gonna get you know four or five thousand people, and that's awesome. But that's not enough people to turn Green Street into like the Lansdowne Street, where it's like vendors and food and like all the right. stuff. It's not gonna exist. It's minor league baseball. It'll be huge when, you know, a Red Sox player gets hurt. And has right. Rehab yeah. Down there. I mean, that's one of the best things about it. Yeah. Yeah. But the idea of it being this, like, we're sold out every night. There's fucking people everywhere. Every restaurant's crazy. It's like, well. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, Long it is. Short. It is. You know, it's so it's amazing the strides the city has made. Right. Since I've been here. And yeah. um, 
you know, to me, this is still a step in the right direction, even though we may lose some of the city's identity. Yeah. You know, we're constantly redefining what that is. And like, I don't know, we said at the start of the show, we have a reputation issue. So we're already figuring out who the fuck we are. I was talking to somebody last night about Brooklyn and how I think there's some similarities that can be drawn to a city that needed to redefine itself. And now people wear Brooklyn on their fucking chest Mm -hmm. and probably have never stepped foot. Right. So it's like, (laughs) it's very true. We're in this point now where we can define our own destiny and we can define our own future, but it's needing to be honest with ourselves about shit like the ballpark and ask, is this in our best interest? And then if it's not, how do we take something that we're getting and make it in our best interest? Yeah. I'm in, I'm in some discussions with some people about bringing public art as part of the the ballpark and yeah. integrating some local public artists into their entryways and shit. And that kind of stuff appeals to me because it means like, yeah, all right, you guys get this part. And like Dr. Charles for as much. He's awesome. He's been doing so much just like pro bono, influential. So uh, where I want to just meet and greet shit mm-hmm. and playing piano for kids and just like. Yeah, they they do get it on a certain level for yeah. sure. The like, humanitarian stuff. Yeah, but we're like we we're lucky. We're like we know people on the inside. Like if you don't know anybody that works there, I understand the whole like fuck the woo socks. Like yeah. I get it. I one hundred percent get it. Knowing how they have worked though, it is it's hard not to back them. Like they do care. They are really good about it. Right, and they are kind of taking the right steps to like keep the the green street kelly square vibe like they don't want to fully kill it but they kind of are like even while trying to do it the right way that's what it is all right let's let's this is a, gonna, long, this is a long one i'm, I'm sorry quick. no we truthfully just, i'm okay with that i'm gonna go quick just because i have to go to work yeah <laughs> so let's wrap this up um all right my stoke oh well okay both mine are die by related. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just going to poke again the fact that, like, it's fucking gone. It's super weird thinking, like, walking out last night, we're like, holy shit, we're never going to close. Well, we're going to close it again one more time. But, like, we're never going to close this bar again. That's very strange. Like, and it sucks for, like, 50 billion reasons. But, so, yeah, I'm going to poke the fact that fucking die bar is closed. I have nowhere to go hang out now. <laughs> um Go to Nick's and Vincent's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's like, that's been the general, like every single person's like, where are we going to go? I'm like, ah, like I'll probably go to Vincent's. I'm like, yeah, that's the only place to go. Somebody Vincent's was saying Nick's. that Porter's just going to go to Vincent's and show up behind the bar and just start pouring drinks. Last night, really, so start. many people told him you should go work there. I was like, yeah, you would crush. Oh, I love that place, man. It's the best. Yeah. Um, My stoke is, again, just everybody showing up the last couple of weeks to like really send it off on a high note. It was fucking awesome. You spraying that soda water last night on the ladies on the on the bar. Oh, uh, that's like, the second time this week I was covered in tonic water. <laughs> it was just we, the our, second time. Our soda gun broke, so like we had to buy like bottles and stuff. So Wednesday night was our last like ladies' night. <laughs> it was the last ladies' night. <laughs> that's Ricky would work by himself and he called ladies' night. <laughs> it's true. It, There's never that many ladies, but um, <laughs> but it turned into like one of those epic organic like dance party right crew a lot of regular craziness um and yeah there was a, a bunch of like sprayed tonic water that night tonic's sticky as fuck seltzer's like nothing it's awesome seltzer's bubbly water tonic yeah. Has, yeah. Like, shit in it. yeah it's got oh, sugar it's quinine gross 
And then last night when everybody was on the bar, I was also, I had been asking for like an hour, like, hey, are we out of soda water or tonic? And they're like, yeah, we don't have any more. I was like, awesome. All of a sudden there's like five girls on the bar. I'm like, I really wish we had tonic water. Bobby's like, oh, we got one more bottle. I was like, awesome. <laughs> Shaking this shit up, like song drop, fucking ripped it open. Oh yeah, I caught the first couple of drops in my eye. And yeah, Naomi, this morning Naomi was like, "You sprayed it all over me." I was like, "Well, you." I was standing right behind Naomi. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, she took most of it. Sorry. She did. Yeah, it was actually a nice human shield. Sorry, Naomi. She's like <laughs> fucking this big. Right. So this part of me wasn't. So. There you go. But yeah, so yeah, just stoked on the whole like, on everything. It was wonderful. It was awesome. It was wonderful last night. Yeah. It was special. It was a special time to be there. It was really cool. Chanting dive wire. No. With like a couple hundred people. That was fucking cool. But my favorite moment is forever going to be Sean Connolly getting everybody to chant. TGI Fridays? <laughs> he tried. He tried hard to get TGI Fridays. People wouldn't chant that with him. But Daylight Savings. Oh, He did it savings. once just with like this big... Do you know Sean Connolly's local comedian? Oh, he's fucking hilarious. He's the best. Um, love you, Sean. He had this fucking shit-eating grin and he just goes, Daylight Savings. <laughs> and then everybody picked it up. It was yeah, oh, incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. So, yeah. Thank you for everybody at the dive bar. Thank you, Alec. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Porter. Thank you, The Dan. list goes on. Oh, my God. You guys were We'll awesome. do the dive bar episode and we'll actually talk about it. Yeah. I just had it. My Stokes books had to be dive bar related because it's only been like a couple hours. <laughs> but, so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, Mike. You want people yeah. to find you on the internet. You are at WAF. WAF.com. Check it out there. Um, you know all the podcasts. I got a bunch of videos up there. You can listen live there and stuff like that. Mike but, Shoe AAF on Instagram. Yes, Instagram Mike Shoe AAF. Uh, same thing on Twitter. You can learn how to eat candy corn properly. Fuck candy corn. <laughs> Fuck it in the ass. So funny. Yeah, it <laughs> caught me by surprise too. I laughed. Those are good oh, ones. It's disgusting. Um, but thank you for having me. Corn Appreciate corn. it. Like thank it. you for coming on this crazy thing. Yeah. That's fun. Thank you. Uh, he agreed to do this after seeing you in only a can costume. So, oh my god, yeah, mm. is that good? Yeah, oh absolutely, <laughs> spank bank material for sure. Jesus. Boom. That's a term I haven't heard forever. <laughs> I wasn't uh. sure how many people were gonna be at that. I had to work that night, so I got out of work and my I got tagged in a million videos. It's just me like up there. I'm like, this is awkward as fuck. Like, I love it, man. It That's a great nice. event. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, shout yeah. out to Molly. Molly kills yeah. it. The yeah. So, they're awesome. All right. I've been Travis. You can find me on Instagram at HunchbackTravis. I have been Ricky. You can find me uh, on Instagram at... <laughs> Why can't I not do these? <laughs> we do this every fucking week. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DickChuck77 and Seltzer Time Official. Thank you, as always, for watching. If you guys have... Or listening, God, watching. If you guys have dive bar stories, record them and send them to us. Email at, what is our email? At seltzertimeofficial at gmail. Yeah, I don't check it as much as I should. Just pop them in there, send them to us. I, I have this idea where I want to collect a bunch of people's stories and put them as, in somewhere in our podcast. So. It's gonna be a 69 hour episode. Hey, sexy. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, sorry for partying. Seltzer Time Podcast is a co-production of Seltzer Time Official and PD Productions. Our intro music is Maple Boy by No Trigger. Our outro music is By The Salt Request. To find past episodes, search for Seltzer Time Official wherever you find podcasts. 
you can't find us, let us know by sliding into our DMs on Instagram, at SeltzerTimeOfficial, and we'll get it fixed. Thanks for listening. See you next week.